They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Matt Hayes. Big asses. No. Big thighs. Yeah. Mia O'Brien. Bent over and let it happen. And Leon Searcy. Yeah. They were smelling themselves. It's time to start the combine eyes. It's where you fall in love. It's the off season. It's its own season. But trust us on XL Primetime. Combine eyes. They will be out there in Indianapolis, including our very own uh, set of six eyes, uh, Hayes Carline, Frank Frangie, and Mia O'Brien. They are all up there. I'm sure touchdown around 9.30 this morning, ready to rock and roll. By the way, Eric Carmen sings Hungry Eyes. Yeah, Hungry That's the eyes? song I told you. Every time okay. you say that, I think yeah. of that. And so who is Hungry it? Hungry Eyes. Eric Carmen. Yeah, I can't. We couldn't figure that out. Yeah, we, we could. And, and trust us, mm. that's got to be a one-hit wonder. Uh, Big Sir ain't no one-hit wonder. He's back uh, after missing in action for a couple days. Welcome back, Big Sirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always like to ask you about your some of your combine stories because they were combine eyes on you uh, back in the day as well. That's for sure. So we will get into it today. We've already heard today that Drake May won't throw. So that's one of the next guys uh, that said that he will not uh, be throwing at the combine this year. And we keep saying the same thing uh, as many different ways as we can. If you're not going to gain anything, it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to do it. But in the case of Drake May, he's kind of being second guessed a little bit. I love how once one opinion or former player puts it out there for speculation, uh, Merrill Hodge being the one here that says he just doesn't see it with Drake May. Now that now all of a sudden everyone's second guessing. It's a neat thing, I think. Yeah, it's literally neat. Do you need to throw? Yeah, I think Anthony Richardson needed to throw. Yeah, JJ McCarthy help him. Yeah, JJ McCarthy needs to throw, Mm -hmm. so he's throwing, and he's gonna crush it athletically. Yeah, he's gonna crush it on the whiteboard just like Anthony Richardson did, and all of a sudden you're gonna see JJ McCarthy go from a mid second round guy to a top fifteen guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and those types of guys can gain. Uh, in such a big way. Leon, we were talking about this yesterday, Mm -hmm. that Anthony Richardson, I always described him, even though Denny, the quarterback whisperer, certainly, you know, he trained him, so he knew a hell of a lot more as far as what he thought the forecast would be once he came out from the workout. Mm -hmm. But I I just considered it, you know, like he's an experiment going to the NFL Combine trying to figure out exactly where he does project. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they I went mean, nuts for him. Well, here's the thing. I mean, listen, the, the Drake Mays of the world, the, the Caleb Williams of the world, they're in the position of power. Mm-hmm. All right? They've already talked to their agent. They already know where they're going to be projected. And, you know, the, the combine, you know, listen, it can either give you a growth spurt. Right. Or it, you can shrink. You can shrink in, in, in the eyes of the NFL. Because your 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 what they want from you can fluctuate. Mm-hmm. You know, high, it's the high, it's the peaks and valleys of the NFL. All right, the combine, it, it, you know, is designed to uh, is designed to showcase your talent, but it's also designed to to forecast some of your limitations. Right. So you got you've got to be careful as as an as an athlete where you're positioned on whether you want to do it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and most of these quarterbacks are in a position of power where. When they're going to be throwing, they're going to be throwing against receivers that have no idea mm-hmm. they've never worked with them before. All right? That's one. Two, they're going to be feel more comfortable at their pro day because they're going to be having the guys that they play with. They're going to be running the routes. So the, so the passes and the catches are going to be a lot more crisper than they are. So you got, you've, you've got to put that in perspective as far as, as far as the quarterbacks go, especially if you're a top-tier quarterback. Now, if you're a quarterback like Bo Nix that's lingering some, in some capacity and mm-hmm. you want to 
you want to give this projection of 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 of, of, of strength, strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you want to go to the combine and throw. Yeah, I mean, I, I I look at it as as tape. If you don't have look, every scout I've ever talked to, the first thing they say is your tape's your resume. That's everything. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you're Anthony Richardson, who had started all of eleven games, it's it's it will, it's the smart thing, the prudent thing to do is to go throw for them. Wouldn't be if prudent you're, if you're JJ McCarthy, and you've played in a run heavy offense, yeah, and you threw the ball against Penn State nine times, yeah, he's. He's a guy that can you gain. are mm-hmm. a guy that can yeah. that can gain quickly by going to throw at the combine. So I think a lot of it is based individually. Um, overarching, I would say I wouldn't do it because you're you're it's not a controlled environment. But if you need to do it, if there's a need there, like if right. you need to prove something, I think it's smart. Plus, these guys that aren't going to throw are still going to go there. They're mm-hmm. still going to talk to teams. They're still yeah. going to interview, um, which is more than half the process, really. When you think about it, these guys. All these scouts and these personal guys want to see how these guys react when they're put under stressful situations away from the field. Mm-hmm. Questions, everything. <clears throat> Tough questions. Um, not only I'm not talking about like whiteboard questions. I mean like personal questions. Oh yeah, that mm-hmm. interview. So a lot uh, of it is portion. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to be very important. But trust me, these teams they've already done their due diligence as far as every player on the team. They, they've already at, talked to, to your coach, your assistant coach, your position coach, your weightlifting coach. Uh, your, your guidance counselor, all those type your of people. Your ex-girlfriend. Yeah, those kind of people. So they want they want some kind of projection. Don't talk to the ex-girlfriend. They want to make sure, they want to have some kind of projection that you're not a turd, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you sit down, and this will be the first time the players will have an interaction with professionals. They have an interaction with the maybe the GM, maybe the owner's there, maybe there's a scout there, whatever, and they want to sit down and have these personal conversations with you to see what kind of person you're going to be. And if you're going to be the same person you are at the combine yeah. based upon once you get that money, because yeah. I, I've seen alter egos of players change. One, I don't doubt it. One, dude. Yeah. Uh, speaking of myself as well, uh-huh. but alter egos <laughs> come about once you get that money and they want to make sure that these guys still love and are focused on football once the paycheck gets there. Yeah, because there, there's there's always this storyline that, that comes out. Do they really love football? Do mm-hmm. they care about the money like you're talking about? Could, and, and you may not know the answer to this, but did you feel like GMs or whomever was interviewing them, they could smell a rat. They could figure out guys who had just kind of gone through this rehearsal process, getting ready for the combine and well, weren't really telling you exactly. Bro, well, I don't know how they do it now, but when I when I went into, I can't, I think it might have been the Indianapolis Colts. I think that at that particular time they had the first pick overall. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking into their meeting, into their in their their room, mm-hmm. and bro, it was like I, it was like I had was around the mob bosses. They put me in the middle. And they had all these people around me just answering me questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's the stress, bro. I, I yeah. feel like I was if I say I felt like if I didn't say the right thing, I was gonna get whacked. I mean, because I'm for <laughs> real, I'm for real, bro. I don't know if they do that kind of stuff now, but when oh, I probably. walked when I walked in that when I walked into their um, their room, they had a chair and they had all they had got a circle of guys around me just hitting me with questions. He just hit me with this and that, and they were they were kind of personal questions, you know, kind of right. questions about you know your family and. You know, do you party too much? Do you do this? Right. Do you do that? Do you drink? Do this, that, whatever. And, and, and you know, you have to be truthful. Because here's the thing. They already know the answer. They got the answer. Yeah, that's true. They that already true. know it's the literally answer. literally like, no, I don't party. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, they right. already know the answer. They yeah. just want to see what you're going to say. But the right. thing is, too, is, is and, and and you can go into this thing, and we all, you can see it, like, from the outside. You know who's got a problem, okay? And you can still get blinded by the combine eyes, Joe. Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. they, the way watch them run. They look at the tape. A perfect example is Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Right? He balls out his last year after three years of we don't know what was going on with mm-hmm. him, okay? Mm-hmm. 
injuries, whatever. Ball's out, and we're all like, wait a second, that's a red flag. That We all were talking about how it was a red flag, right? He still goes in the top 20, right? Now look at him. Mm-hmm. Now he's yeah. on Instagram screaming it's, about, you know, being inactive. Yeah, it's so funny. He's one of the guys, and we will, we will look back any number of ways getting close to the draft, <clears throat> but look back at the number of first-round picks that the Florida Gators have had, who they are. He's one of them of recent vintage, and he obviously we all know that he's, that he's flamed out. He's been on two different teams, and – and basically, but that's the combine. Well, Dante oh, Fowler was no, combine. Well, 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 here's the thing: you can't, you can't actually, you can, you can blame the organization, but the organization thinks that they are, they already know that the kid's a red flag. They've already done the research on them, but they figure they, they in our culture, yes, in yes. our culture, we can fix them. We'll take care Everybody. of. We'll take care yeah. of them. Like, yeah. like Chris Henderson, you don't think there are red flags on him? CJ, yeah, yeah it, it's unbelievable when you go back and you think of CJ, and I'll throw Justin. And he went nine overall. I'll, I'll throw Justin Blackman at you. Okay, top five pick. Yes, because Listen. he was so legit in mm-hmm. college that you could not ignore, or you couldn't get that that feeling out of your gut that you got to go get this guy to make your football team better. Yet they were red flags. What you? What well, was CJ Richardson? You remember that when he got drafted by the Jaguars? Yeah. You remember he rolled his eyes like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah Henderson. Yeah. Was, yeah, he rolled his eyes when he found out he was coming here. Yeah. Or whatever. I, I, that right there was enough for me. Right. I am not into this. I am not in love with football or the idea of going to being the greatest at my position yet. Yeah, Top just, 10 decisions. That's kind of my point is, is we know it. We see it. I guarantee you the NFL guys see it. But right. the po- problem is you're combine eyes. Yeah, it's like they com- go there and they see him with the combine and then they watch their tape again and it's like, okay, okay we can we, fix him. We can fix him. Yeah. <laughs> and generally that, that is what most of them think. That's for sure. All right, so what's your uh, big question when it comes to the NFL combine? Uh, we will have both Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson at the podium. We're going to carry those uh, live, courtesy of Jaguars.com. Just remember, whenever we do do that, it's over the air. It's right here on 1010XL or 92.5 FM, but it's not going to be on the stream. So all you got to do is pop over to Jaguars.com if you want to catch it, uh, if you're listening that way. Uh, but we will do both of those. And then uh, later on, Trent Baalke will sit down with Frank Frangie. He'll sit down uh, with Doug Peterson as well. So we'll have all of that right here on the official station of your Jacksonville Jaguars. We say thanks to Beaver Toyota and Beaver Chevy, and they've got great things going on on both of their lots. They will take care of you every single day of the week. They are there to wow you. We bring you Tuesdays brought to you by the Beaver Automotive Group, but you could definitely count on it every single day. BeaverChevrolet.com. Find them on Phillips Highway or BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com right there in the AUG on US1. And by the way, Beaver Toyota's got a big event, March 11th, safe driving for kids. They've got a golf tournament where they are trying to Take care of kids. Make sure that they drive responsibly. You can get all the information by going to beavertoyotasaintaugustine.com. So the big talking point before we drill down on the Jags is the quarterback situation. So let's just start thinking out loud as far as which NFL teams will have new quarterbacks by the time we start 2024. And I'm just going to go in alphabetical order because – you can start going down the line, and this is just one site's projection of where right. they think teams will be at the beginning of the year. Kyler Murray's still with Arizona. You guys can agree or disagree if you want. The Atlanta Falcons, Kirk Cousins, who tore his Achilles right around Halloween. You guys mm-hmm. saw the video of him dropping back and throwing passes inside a, a tennis court, mm-hmm. and gymnasium, and whatnot. It's been four months, basically. Right, right around four months because it was How late. How old is he? Thirty six. He's thirty. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. He's in that yes. neighborhood. But he and is I he, is he going to get a third contract? Of yes, course, thirty six. Yes, yes, he is. big yes, he is. contract. Absolutely. The answer is Good yes. God. I don't know yeah. how big. I don't know how big, but he got 
the ultimate tag situation in Washington. He made a bunch of money, top five average of the NFL quarterback for what was it, three straight years running. He's 35. Yeah, 35. Will so be 36 I mean, by yeah. the time the season starts, I believe. Yeah, he will. He will be yeah. 36. Yeah. So that, I, mean, that, I mean, that's I mean, that's an investment, man. Dude, his, he has made so much money. If you take a look back, and, I, and, and I'd, I'd have to go look at the numbers, but they start talking about the amount of money that he has been paid. I think it's 210, bro. Is it? I think it's 210. I, you know, I was just talking about this with some buddies of mine over the weekend about how much money Kirk Cousins made. Right. And I think it may be 210. Okay, 141. Two right. what? 241? 141 total. 141. Total. 141. All right, do me a favor then. Do me a favor because now this is some of this is maybe what Leon's talking about is some of it is guaranteed versus, or excuse me, whole contract versus guaranteed money. And so maybe he didn't see the end of a right. couple of those yeah, contracts. Yeah, yeah. Has to be. But take a look, Matt, and this is also probably not guaranteed money. But the amount of money that Russell Wilson has signed for over the last three years, it's over $300 million. Mm-hmm. Over $300 million, and he's not going to see the end of that when it's all said and done. Sean Payton uh, at the Combine talking about what they're going to do with him. I love how Russell Wilson sits down and does the podcast. I'm trying to remember who he was with, but he's sitting down doing the podcast and says, he wants to win a couple more rings over the next five years. He just wants to feel feel the chill Do you want to hear trophy. this? Do you want to hear this? Oh, it's mm-hmm. – it's over three hundred million as far no, as the contracts not. go. It's not. It's not. By the way, I was wrong with Kirk Cousins. Leon was right. Two hundred thirty-one. Million. Oh, okay. I thought was... Salary. His earnings. Salary, salary was one forty-one. His earnings were two thirty-one. Okay, two thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's Russell, Russell? Wilson's earnings? Mm-hmm. Twelve seasons, two hundred sixty-six million. Yeah, and I'm talking about the obligation in the contract. I'm gonna see if I can pull this up and find it because he's guaranteed if he's on their roster, already gonna count. $37 million against the salary cap coming up in 2025. He's guaranteed already this year close to that number, and they're going to have to basically figure out a way to wipe that off. Or there is offset language where if he goes and plays for somebody else, then they'll be able to recoup some of that cash. Well, let's be fair to Russ. Yeah. He is a Hall of Famer, okay? Well, he, he, so he earned that money. Yeah. He may not be playing well now, but yeah. he clearly earned that money. He earned the money that he got paid before this last contract. How about that? All right, uh, okay. that's fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, but and he, he is a Hall of Famer. It's hard and, to like knock yeah. him for earning money when he, but he's the done Den- what he's done. But the Denver Broncos fell for Russ Wilson. Okay, mm-hmm. they fell for him, and they instead oh, yeah. of instead of getting Russ, they got Rust, uh, and that's basically how it, how it how it's turned out for him. And I just love the fact that he still tells you that he's he's ready to go win and ready to go get the job done for somebody. He said he's still got that hunger. He said he's, he's, he's more excited now than he's ever been. He's just saying all the standard stuff right. just to try and get someone to, to, to maybe fall for it. But Sean Payton's quote, we go through the combine week here. Next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, they'll be in meetings with ownership. So I expect that we're going to know fairly quickly where things are going. Because if he's on their roster in mid-March, once you get to the new league year, he's guaranteed – all that money going forward into the into the next season. So there's a lot of decision making that's going to happen there. So if it ain't Russ up in Denver, who's their quarterback? All right. So I just told you Kirk Cousins at the very least, just a prediction, a forecast from the website is that he'll be quarterbacking up in the ATL. Baltimore, Buffalo, all the usual suspects, no change. Bryce Young stays in Carolina because he was, after all, the number one overall pick last year. They have got Caleb Williams going to Chicago, mm-hmm. so he would be the number one overall pick heading there. Uh, no change with Burrow and the Bengals. No change with Deshaun uh, up in Cleveland, Dak in Dallas. Then you get to Denver, 
And they have at least projected right now that the Denver Broncos will have J.J. McCarthy as their quarterback. Interesting. Mm-hmm. See, what Kirk do you think Cousins, about that? Kirk Cousins feels like a fit with the Broncos for me. That feels like what they would do. Because that feels like Peyton saying, okay, let's get him, right. and then I'll get a quarterback in the second round. I don't know who it's going to be. Sure. But he feels like a fit in Denver. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he feels like a fit in Atlanta. Well, I think it's more of a Denver thing for him. Yeah, it's funny because I, I do love the like you know, when you kind of picture and think of somebody. I I I could see whoever goes to Atlanta, if Raheem Morris is going to succeed, he's going to make sure that he's got a good play caller and that he's going to use all those weapons. And I do think whoever goes there, if they're a capable quarterback, and Kirk Cousins dang sure is a capable quarterback. If he goes there, he's got a chance to thrive with Drake London with. Kyle Pitts yeah, and, and basically turning him into something, yeah. and then Bijan in the backfield. They definitely have a lot of They're weapons. Pretty good defense. Too, yeah, man. if they get the right quarterback. Right. Uh, all right. So JJ McCarthy in Denver. Uh, no change with Goff up in uh, Detroit. Jordan Love in Green Bay. CJ Stroud, the rookie of the year. Everybody loves him uh, in Houston. AR in Indy. Trev here. Then you move down a little bit further past Mahomes. Uh, the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, Michael Penix Jr. There's another rookie that they have starting opening day. Michael Penix Jr., what say you to that one, to the idea of him being Opening day starter? Opening mm-hmm. day. Again, these are just predictions, man. Mm-hmm. Projections. Yeah. And yeah. Because- See, here's the thing with me, too, and there's something about this. There, there is something about this, the yeah. left-hander. Mm-hmm. There is, I mean, coaches don't like it. I know defensive coaches hate it. Yeah. Offensive coaches don't like it either. I think I mean, Tua, you're going to have to be rare. I mean, yes, yeah, Tua, Tua, Tua had a hell, a hell of a year. Yes, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, believe me, and I love Tua, but yeah. it's just, man. What is it? What is it about the lefty they don't like? I don't. I don't. I mean, I everything I've heard. I mean, everything I've heard is, especially with defenses, is everything you do is based on a guy throwing the ball with left right tackle hand. protecting right handed. Everything. It's it's not that. It's, it's side adjustment. It's everything, and it, yeah. everything is flipped when you get a lefty. Right. And the so, ball is coming out differently. It's, and but, for offenses, it's coming out differently. Right, yeah. but, but you would think, you know, receivers obviously have to get used to it. Mm-hmm. So Jalen Waddell and, and Tyree Kill got used to it pretty dang quickly. Uh, and then it would be a benefit if you do have a left-hander that, that does th- throw off defenses as far as the, the way the ball is coming out and the way that they, they look at it. All right, we'll, we'll stay on that subject. But I just want to kind of run through them and see what you guys think as far as who else. I mentioned Russell Wilson. We'll tell you where he think where they think he's going next year, and whether or not he's going to be able to revive his career at least one more time uh, before his NFL career is done. It's XL Prime Time. We've got Mia Hayes and Frangi up in Indianapolis with the NFL Combine. We do expect to go to the podium and hear from Doug Peterson and Trent Balky coming up here in just a bit. We'll have that for you right here on 1010 XL 92.5 FM. But don't remember, don't forget. When we do that, we're coming off of the stream, and you can go to jaguars.com and you can hear those two at the podium coming up in just a bit. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Well, in this uh, Tuesday show, Beaver Toyota, Beaver Chevy, bringing it to you. Uh, we're seeing kind of the, the, the changing of the guard with a lot of big names in the National Football League, not only Russell Wilson, like we just brought up, uh, as far as forecasting where he's going to go. Uh, and the one site has 
Russell Wilson quarterbacking the Minnesota Vikings next year, so we could definitely get into that. But then also, Saquon Barkley. What is his career going to be when you look back? He is very likely no longer to be a new, no longer going to be a New York football giant. So we'll look at him as well. Now at the podium up in Indianapolis right now, uh, Mia standing by, Hayes and Frank all standing by. Doug Peterson's going to step to the podium first. We're going to be able to carry that right here on 1010XL AM on 92.5 FM. Uh, we will not be able to carry it on the stream, so make sure that you, anybody out there with the app or streaming it on your uh, laptop or desktop, that you are ready to go to jaguars.com. And then once we get through with the presser, and we're going to do both of them, we're going to run Doug Peterson from the podium first, and then Trent Balky will be about 15 minutes later, and we'll carry both of them. Uh, and then also uh, Frank French will have the sit-down with Doug Peterson and Trent later. So let's go to the podium right now. All right, so there you go. You hear the uh, the wrap-up there. Doug Peterson, you're – Head coach for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's do some immediate reaction. You guys that are listening either on 1010XL AM or 92.5 FM or you're hopping back from Jaguars.com, uh, we say thanks to them uh, for letting us carry it uh, over the air. And we will have Trent Balky coming up in just a little bit. You're also going to hear Doug Peterson live with Frank Frangie later on and Trent Balky. But uh, immediate reaction. I mean, it sounds to me like they're keeping Cam. I, I, don't, I don't know how else you could look at that because he, you know, he made it a point to say – Cam, Ezra, Luke Fortner, who yep. also sounds like they're keeping. Yeah. Um, Brandon Sheriff and Anton played one game together the last of the season. And, and I, I get it. I get it. And I do think – I think. all right, let's just set the table here. You always say the most positive things about the guys that are currently in your building. We have to acknowledge that. Sure. That's number one. Sure. But it, and, and it doesn't necessarily guarantee that he wants them back. But at the same time, he did stump and say – that five combo, Leon, only happened at the end well, of the year, and yeah. you'd like to see some well, some stability there. Well, it sounds like I mean that five combo is the 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 core of the group that he's more comfortable with. He mm -hmm. he was he was saying the continuity was was thrown off mm -hmm. because of Cam's suspension, then his injuries, and then it was a mix up of you know. Uh, as we're coming, as we're coming, yeah. I mean, yeah, he yeah, actually no. he mentioned the eight games that Cam. He did. Missed. He absolutely yeah. did. He so did. it's not like he's like just throwing Cam hey, in there. Me. It sounds like they're well, keeping him. Well, I mean, I mean, listen, he was basically saying on the left side it was musical chairs. Yeah, there was guys moving around. So he's saying that the continuity of the offense line was in effect uh, because of the injuries and the suspensions and all this mm -hmm. other kind of stuff. But I mean, that's the NFL, though. I mean, you're going to have you want to have a mismatch of guys that have to come in and play with. You're never going to have the same starting five at the beginning of the season that you're going to end of the season. I mean, so you can't make an excuse for that. You just got to have more of a prowess up front mm -hmm. when it comes to converting on third downs and fourth downs and protection. Okay, so let Trevor me, Lawrence and all, all that right, kind of stuff. So let me read the tea leaves, Matt, because this is what you're thinking is that <clears throat> is that sure. they they may want him more than maybe not want him. He's expensive. But he's also the most experienced, and I keep maintaining this. They could restructure, too. Yeah, they could restructure well, Here's the question. Can you trust him? Can you well, trust Cam? Okay, so I, I mean, last year, can you trust him? Okay, that's a fair question. And he was hurt. So, that's you mean, eight you mean games. suspension and injuries. That's eight about. games, bro. Yeah, You're yeah, talking yeah. about half the season. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair question. The only other one I have is that the other fair question is, is does Doug trust anybody more than Cam? To no. play that yeah, left tackle. Maybe they don't trust Walker Little. Yeah, that's the thing. He but doesn't. it sounds to me like they're doubling yeah. down, honestly. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't trust Walker Little. Yeah. I mean, because he doesn't trust Walker Little more than Cam. Because, I mean, Walker Little is a sample size. Cram, mm -hmm. Cam is a full course meal. Right. He's, he's got a bigger body of work. 
I think they can walk a little does. Yeah. I, that's just my opinion. And are they going to move Anton Harrison over? Do they trust that more than they trust Cam? So these are definitely big things as far as the offensive line. We spend a lot of time well, talking about the interior part of the line and assume that these tackles yeah. are set. And well, here's high. the thing. I, I wouldn't move Anton Harrison over. Let, let him be good at where he's at, mm -hmm. all right? This, just trying to be good at left when he's he played in college is a whole nother beast when you play the NFL. Well, yeah. I mean, also, I mean – the elephant in the room is the middle three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said Are they doubling down on that middle three? I think I, I, we're going to find out what Balky has to say, and I can guarantee Man. you Balky's going to be less uh, informative and more vague than Doug already has been when it comes to that line. They're not going to say anything. Like I said, they're not trashing anybody that's under contract or, or in that locker room right now. They just ain't doing it. No doubt. And so now you got to figure out exactly what they are willing to say and whether they're going to give you any tells whatsoever. I think the, the most – uh, the most vulnerable guy on that line is Brandon Sheriff because of cost and performance. And if they could say goodbye to that contract and restructure Cam and go look in the draft for a, a talented guard that can come in immediately and play that position or look at a, a – gosh, there's a bunch of guys that are at what? least floating around out there in the free agent world that also may be available. Yeah, but they, they can't stand – they can't stand – Stay status quo, absolutely, especially interior. Line. I agree. It yeah. cannot, absolutely God. not. Yeah, that See, would. You, you weren't here yesterday. No, and I said this yesterday. And I think people out there probably thought I have two heads. I, I would be over the moon if they went guard guard first two picks. And no then problem. Denny said he'd love it too. Yeah, I have no and, problem with it. And, and I, I, yeah. I told them they're both uh, too much in love with Trevor. They're forgetting <laughs> about the rest of the we team. We are in love with him. Yes, uh, and, and and making sure that he, you know, he's protected and all that kind of stuff, which I totally get. But you cannot waste precious draft capital and keep spending it in the same room and expect to get more results. Mm -hmm. Same thing they've done with the pass rush. They have spent way too much draft capital in the pass rush room trying to fix it. And, and, and still and they, haven't fixed and it other still than the two guys. They still have not fixed yeah. it. And they have used second-round picks in Cam and in uh, – well, actually before that, when you go back and you think about who they had before as far as second-round picks, but they spent those guys third-round pick in Luke Fortner, first-round pick in Anton Harrison – they go out and they sign big money, uh, right second guard and Brandon Walker Sheriff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Walker Little, second round pick. That's the other guy I was trying to think of. Uh, and so two seconds, a first, and a third, all those have been used trying to fix that offensive line along with the free agent money that they've spent, and they haven't necessarily Well, you also have to draft better, okay? Yeah. yeah. You also have to evaluate and draft better. Yeah. All right, so we're going to stay on this. we got Trent Balky coming up. Again, jaguars.com is where you'll be able to find it over the stream or keep it right here on the air, and we say – Thanks to Jaguars.com for making sure they bring it to you right here on XL Primetime. All right, there you go. Trent Balky. <clears throat> I guess the uh, Harbaugh takeover was too much <laughs> at that point uh, because he is uh, the Jaguars GM, which is what he said to begin with, with the first Harbaugh question, and then seemed like he might have wanted to answer a couple more of those. All right, Trent Balky. we say thanks to Jaguars.com for bringing you that the head coach, and the general manager. We have people that are listening either on the stream or on the app, and they're all freaking out. Welcome back. We're going to put everybody back together in the same room, YouTube, everywhere else where you're listening, and, of course, over the air on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. We, just first thoughts again, because, look, when I hear uh, Trent Balky talk, I hear him say that they love everybody in their room, yet they know they have got to fix the problems that they had because – Physicality, as he talked about, Leon, was yeah. a major problem down the street. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, Trent was loving on everybody because essentially they're still in the room. They're still with, within the constructs of being a Jacksonville Jaguar. Mm -hmm. you, 
you heard what he said about, you know, we're having talks with Josh. I've had t- sit-downs with Calvin. Mm-hmm. You know, Ezra, me and his agents, we're going Positivity, through. Positivity. Pos- everything is positive. It's called optimism, baby. Yeah. It's absolute optimism. So, I mean, he he's not going to he's not gonna grind the axe right now. I mean, but in his mind, he kept saying it through the press. He said that last year was a disappointment down the stretch. It was. 8-3, yeah. and three, you only won one game down the stretch, whatever. So he even said it a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about this team needs to be a lot more physical. And mm-hmm. you could, and I kept saying that this team mentally and physically were not prepared for that stretch that we made down the road because when you go one and five in, the, in those months, right. when you're supposed to be playing your best football, he can tell that the temperament of the team needs to be needs to change on both sides of the ball, yeah, offensively think, and defensively. I think a couple things. He, he made a point to say you can't really teach physicality. Yeah, yeah. Guys can that. guys can get more confident and they can play a little you more can physical. Mature it. But those yeah. guys, it's in their DNA. Yeah. So then that makes me start to think, all right, maybe they're not set at offensive line, but they are clearly set with Cam. Mm-hmm. He's the quote is, I don't know where the ambiguity was. He's under contract and the expectation is he will be back. Yeah. So that's that's big. And I also say this. He avoided the press Taylor question, mm-hmm. and to a larger extent, I've been texting with Mia back and forth. Mia's right. on the ground there in Indianapolis, yeah. and and she spoke with with Doug Peterson away from the media scrum there, and she says it's very clear, and she, we'll have audio on it. Yeah, it's very clear. Doug is calling plays. Yeah, and and the thing, the way she at least described it was that that once we get to that point, then everyone will be aware of what's going on. But this is not – so, like, pair up what Doug Peterson said when Mia asked the question to what Trent Baalke just said about Press Taylor. We said he's growing as a play caller. I, do I don't not, need anybody yeah. calling my plays that's growing as a play caller. I do okay? not want to go back to the technical center, as I <laughs> referred to it forever uh, down there, where you're on the job training, and the next thing you're going to be master elite certified. No, 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 no. Do not want that at all. And so, Trent, he likes to dip his toe into that coaching conversation. We definitely heard that. But that better be Doug's decision, and, and Doug better take ownership of that offense. Well, here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing about Doug Peterson. When he was on the press, and he was talking about the new coaching staff that he brought in, everything, the template was that this guy's played in the Super Bowl, this guy's coached this guy, this guy's been right. in this Super Bowl. But then when Trent Baalke talks about Press Taylor, he says that it's on-the-job training, that he's growing as a play caller. Wait a minute, Doug, you just talked about the guys that you hire has all these credentials of being around champions and Super Bowls and and, and, and can help build a culture yeah, here with the team. And then when you come to Press Taylor, you say, well, you know what, he's growing as a play caller. That don't match. No. Something about that don't match. No. Okay, that's just No. Me. no. And, yeah. I, and Mia said it's very clear from them talking to Doug away from the podium that he will be calling plays. Mm-hmm. And we'll get that sound shortly. You said we should have it before the end of the show. All right, so we will definitely hear that. We will also hear Frank sit down with Doug Peterson and with Trent Baalke. Those will be two separate interviews as we go along today. We're just trying to fill you up as much as we possibly can from the NFL Combine uh, with boots on the ground. Uh, And definitely you Jaguar fans are wanting to know what's next with this football team. Where are they going to go? How are they going to get back to the postseason? A pair of nine and eight seasons the last couple of years. One meant the postseason, the other did not. It is XL Primetime, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. They bring you today's show. We want to say thanks to both of them with everybody that they have on their lot. They know they can wow you with their price, with their selection, with their service that they can back it up with. So check it all out. And don't forget, safe driving for kids. They've got the golf tournament taking place Monday, March 11th. 
at Marsh Creek Country Club. That is Beaver Toyota behind it. And you can log on beavertoyotastaintaugustine.com. Would love for you to get a foursome. Get down there and enjoy beautiful Marsh Creek and raise some dollars with safe driving for kids. Your reaction to the Trent Balky and Doug Peterson coming up. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at boldcityac.com. When it comes to free agents on our roster, you know, we definitely want to sign them all back if we can, right? I mean, that's the nature of the game. Keep, keep the core. And we're going to do everything in our power to, to make sure that we can do that. Doug Peterson, keep the core. That's what he says about the free agents that this football team has to try and sign to stay in the teal and black, or will they be on their way somewhere else? Uh, when he says keep the core, I know what the core is right here on XL Primetime. You can go to YouTube uh, and check out 1010XL and look at uh, these bright, fresh faces right here, including Coach Campo, who has now entered the 1010XL building. Now, we've got Mia up in Indianapolis along with Frank Franchi and Hayes Carline. Uh, but, Coach, welcome in. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. It was a fun kind of listening to those guys. I think it's a little bit of a waste of time because they really don't say anything. Yeah. But there was a couple uh, things that uh, came out of it that uh, for unusual. All right, what jumped for you? What popped for you? Well, first of all, uh, you know, I, I felt that they had to do if they, without getting rid of anybody on offense. And, mm-hmm. and I really feel like – I don't like to use the term scapegoat necessarily, mm-hmm. but, but uh, Parmalee was the only one that really wasn't on his staff originally, and, of course, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a move that he made over there. But I felt right along that he, he would probably – if he was going to do anything, he was going to call the plays. And and that's what we kind of heard today. That's the, mm-hmm. the first thing that stuck out. The second thing is I agree with you guys 100% on Cam Robinson. I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to restructure whatever they have to do to keep him just because he's one of the physical guys on that I, I group. Keep, I keep yeah. maintaining the same thing, Leon, is that it, you, it, we all all operate under the idea you got to protect 16. Yeah. That is the most important position to pre- protect 16. Oh, absolutely. And, and Trevor's love for Cam can come and play as well. I mean, there's got to be a conversation with Trevor as far as, hey, listen, who do you feel a lot safer on your blind side? And, and, and Cam and, and Trevor have had that relationship. I mean, yeah. so Cam Robinson got a lot of love today in the press. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean the, the direct quote from Trent Baalke is, I don't know where the ambiguity was. He's under contract, and the expectation is he will be back. Now, okay, we're set there. Mm-hmm. We understand that, Coach. The question now becomes is earlier we heard Doug Peterson say, you know, the lineup of, I guess this is what they want, Cam, Ezra, Luke, Sheriff, and Harrison played one game the entire season. Last game of the season, which they lost and got yeah, as one texter game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or not. Anyway, exactly. but yeah. my point yeah. is, it sounds like they're doubling down, Dave. Yeah, with with what clearly looks like a middle three problem. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to double down. I think that might be just talk about the fact that uh, you know that smoke you, you is that combine to, smoke. Well, yeah, you have to say something. <laughs> that, that I mean, he couldn't say, "Hey, we had a great offensive line this year," because it, you know you got to kind of. Put that into perspective. It's kind of like I love hearing you when you say there's a lot of excuses being thrown out there. I, you know, I feel the same way about our injuries. I, I felt that when the quarterback got hurt and you lose Kirk, that was a big difference. You are the biggest excuse maker of all. I, I am absolutely because I, you know, I, I believe that that's a big, a big deal. But uh, it's the same thing there. I mean, yeah. what are you going to say? Uh, I, I think that they know that they have to get more physical inside, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, and yeah. I still believe 
that the three tackles they have, if, in fact, Cam is coming back, right? the three tackles they have, I don't have a problem with them. I really don't. It's like we all have said, the interior is, is, is the issue. It, I'm a little concerned that they might try to get another year out of the center. Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, that that remains to be seen. But I think they'll take somebody to play one of the guard positions for right. sure. And, and, Leon, I don't. Mm-hmm. I know you can get better from year one to year two, but can you get better from year two to year three, or do you already know who that individual is? That's the thing I'm most worried about with Luke Fortner. Now, if Brandon Sheriff, is, they move on, they just say he's too expensive. He started all 17 games each of his two seasons season, he was here. Yeah. Yeah. And so he started 34 well, games, but he just wasn't what they yeah, needed him to he's be. He's breaking down. Yes. Well, here, you know, I, I always talk – the fact that, you know, Brandon Sheriff, when you brought him here, you're talking about a guy who was a perennial all-pro, right? Yeah. And my problem with Brandon Sheriff is that he, he didn't – I mean, you got, a, you, got, you got a rookie to your, to your right and you got a, a second-year guy to your left. And him being there did not elevate either one of them. Now, now don't get me wrong. Now, now uh, Anton Harrison, I mean, he was solid. He was solid all throughout the scene. But as far – the relationship between the center and the guard – and so much communication when it comes to double teams and passes and uh, and, and recognizing defense and stuff like that. I just knew that that, that Fort, I mean, that Sheriff being next to Fortner mm-hmm. will, will ultimately elevate his play, and it didn't. I mean, he actually digressed, and it had a lot to do with him too because he was overwhelmed on a lot of plays when he when he goes up against six three. Right. Uh, 350 or oh, whatever, yeah. he's overwhelmed because, I mean, he's light in the pockets. He's light in the pockets is what I say. You know, no knee bend. Like you say, ass and thighs. Ass and thighs. Ass and thighs. <laughs> he's missing that. And and I, man, that's I, one I, thing I, you I, got. I tell you, that. you guys all laughing. Listen, that's off-season. That's off-season training. I mean, squat machine, I'm talking about. Yeah. Squat machine, I'm talking about power cleans. All that kind of stuff comes into play as far as your leverage and your explosive in your lower body. Yeah. And right now, he just doesn't have enough. Yeah, it's about, think about yeah. that, those middle three. Any of those three guys you look at and you go, that's got it. That guy's got ass and thighs. He's right. got he's got a base. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it's funny that I can see it in Sheriff. I, I can't it, see it somewhat. In, yeah, I, but I I know because I know he's made a living, a successful living inside. And Luke Fortner sat on XL primetime last offseason and said, I need to get stronger. He admitted it. He knew it. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just a matter of being able to actually do it. And then Ezra on the other side. Trent was complimentary of him, and he's a guy that maybe can provide a little more leadership, a little more experience. But they better renew two of those three positions. Two that, of the three yeah, but do, would be do the, any of those the three add nasty? That's the question. Yeah. 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 Do any of them add nasty attitude? Well, that's the key. Uh, uh, and and to be honest with you, if you look over history, you know if a center is is got some guys on either side of them, you mm-hmm. could get away with a center. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the two guards. Those two guards have got to be big, tough right. guys that can handle physical play because if there's a guy on the nose that's giving a center a problem, you can double him. Mm-hmm. You know, the guard can, can make it easier for the center. But if it's, when you got guys lined up on the guards, mm-hmm. it's hard to double them when you got two uh, guys off the edge that can get after you. You know, mm-hmm. that, that makes a big difference in the game, in my opinion. So, I, you know, I can see... Maybe they might go with Fortner another year. I don't know. But they have got to get stronger uh, at the two guard. Yeah, positions. because the, the meat and potatoes of your run game is you're centering your two guards, mm-hmm. especially if you're trying to run interiorly. You, your ability to block the nose, the three, and the middle linebacker mm-hmm. is because there's a combination between the three guys to get to those guys. Three, you got you got a one. You're trying to combo to the mic, and then the, and then the guards got to be able to handle three the three on his own when it comes to running the football. And right now, I mean, I don't see it. I mean, a lot of those situations where where it's fourth and one 
was third and two or whatever, and we're passing the ball. Yeah. It has a lot to do with the fact that they don't trust the interior of the yeah. offensive line to get them a yard or two, the, and that is a travesty. Yeah, the worst message you yes. can send is that we can't beat you. Well, you in shotgun on third yeah. and two? Yeah, Come on, we bro. can't beat you on a one-yard play. And so the, it it always comes down to this, and I always look at Sirs when I say it. It's mano a mano. It's one on one. Can you beat the man in front of you? And this football team did not beat the man in front of them. And, and you also have to look at it. And I've heard Leon talk about this a, a hundred times. Mm. Uh, you know, when you can't stand pat with this group, when when you led the league in a running back getting hit at the line of scrimmage yeah. or behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. 25% or 30% or whatever it was. A first contact. You cannot st- – you can't stay there. Something has to happen. Well, I mean, and you saying that, Coach, one of two things is happening. Either you're getting split on penetration or you're whiffing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, you're whiffing. That's worse. Either the penetration yeah. is splitting the double teams yep. and the guys getting through and making the tackle. Whiffing's or you're Or you're getting beat. You're getting yep. beat on one-on-one battles, which means the defensive tackle is beating you inside and out with a swim move, getting up the field yep. and making a play. Yeah. Whiffing, yeah, whiffing is worse. Whiffing is worse. Uh, all right, so – uh, when we heard the Trent Baalke conversation and, and basically talking about they've got a little bit of time before they hit that March 5th deadline where they got to make a decision on whether they're going to tag Josh Allen or not. He basically said, we got a lot of work. Uh, they're focused on that. The other thing he said that I think is kind of interesting, and this is important, is that when to offer a deal to Calvin Ridley, don't let him get to free agency. And if you don't do that, then you're going to give up a second-round pick as opposed to a third-round pick. Now, look, it's been pointed out many, many, many times, either on our air, social media, just Jaguar fans, all of Duval having conversations, is that this team finally got a compensatory pick. First time in over a decade, they finally got a compensatory t- compensatory pick because they lost a prize free agent, which was Juwan Taylor to the Kansas City Chiefs. So they get a third-round pick coming back to them. They're going to lose a second-round pick if they sign Calvin before free agency opens up. And I like what he said. I, I hope he's telling the truth, Trent Baalke. Second or third round, not worried about it. More focused on the player. And so you okay with that? I think most Jaguar fans have to be okay with that. Otherwise, you may see Calvin walk for $20-plus million a year down the road somewhere. Uh, well, if, if, if you're asking me, I, uh, if they feel that – the improvement he's going to make between now and next fall is good enough that I'm not worried about I'd rather have him than a second-round pick, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't find he's going to be in the top five receiver free agency if he gets out there. Right. You know, and fa- maybe, is, maybe number fact, one. Well, in mm-hmm. fact, he's higher because of T. Higgins already has right. gotten a franchise. Right. So uh, I'm not letting the guy go. If there's any way I can financially handle it, mm-hmm. if I feel like he he is as good as his billing is, and and he and in their opinion he got better as the season went on, then and especially that's with, the question I think. Yeah, and, and and really to be honest with you, I thought he, uh, Trevor was probably a little more comfortable with him at the end than he was in the middle. So you know I think it's uh, they got to consider that. If he's about. if he's a guy who. You think, all right, it took him a year to figure it out again. He sat out for almost two years, right? So if he's that guy and you think he's going to be good next year, you can't let a 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns walk out of your building. No I, way. Yeah, I just no don't think way. you can. Because right. Right. if he didn't play that well this year, which we all think he didn't, sure. he still had 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Exactly. I, I thought right. I heard on the uh, uh, Jaguars Today show today mm-hmm. made a comment 
they were talking about the pass interferences mm-hmm. yeah. that he got. He drew And they penalties. said the most of them were when he was up the field and came back. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that means that they're worried about him going vertical. He, and that is what you have to mm-hmm. you have yeah. to have you one of those that, guys. Right? Yeah, he drew the defender's attention and he drew the official's attention. Right. And those are real yards, okay? That that is a even though that's not yards to Calvin's credit in his stat sheet, that's yards to the Eight offense yards. because they moved yeah, it down yeah. the field. All right, so we're going to move down the field. One more seg with Sirs before he heads out and then we'll keep it rolling. We do hope to have Frank's conversation, Frank Frangi with Doug Peterson, your head coach and Trent Balky sitting down with the Frange man uh, from the NFL Combine coming up in just a bit. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Just kind of gives me a, um, a group of men that, that number one, um, you know, are, are going to get going to get the most out of our players obviously um you know scheme might change just a little bit but i think the look of it's going to change probably the most you know what you see but but it's all for the for the better and uh, again i'm excited for the future excited to work with these guys you know coming up this offseason so the staff changes were made doug peterson made those decisions trent denton uh, according to trent uh, but Doug made those decisions. Well, Trent even, sat in on the interview. Even though Trent sat in on the interviews. Again, listen. He, I, I, he makes he makes it clear that he sat in on the interview oh my every gosh. time. But man. then he also he 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 pedals back and says, those are not my decisions. Those are coaches. But uh, the staff changes were made, and Doug Peterson says that he believes that this is the group that can get the most out of its team. So, Leon, before we turn you loose, let's finish up. And, and, and this is, you know, we'll look at the staff the entire offseason. We, mm-hmm. we don't know exactly how good these guys are going to be. Whistle around their neck and getting stuff out of these guys. But we know this much. They made changes. <clears throat> now they have their coaching staff put together. And now they start to eye what they're going to be able to do in the draft. How much better – do you think Doug and his staff will be this year? Not I mean, listen, exactly. I'd, be, I'd just be very interested to see what kind of culture they create. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I did like what Doug said that the guys that he has hired is going to he's going to make sure they get as much out of the players as possible, which I like. Which means that I mean that, that each player is going to be held accountable for their mm-hmm. play, which is important. But I just want to see what kind of car, what kind of identity is this team going to have. That's that 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 for me means more. And that's a, you know what you know when that's established off season. Coach Johnson used to say when he was at Miami, he said games are won on Saturday. He said games are played on Saturday, but they're won in the offseason. Yeah. That's where they won. I, I mean, the grind, the struggle, all that stuff is important. How this, this team coming together, doing OTAs, doing workouts, doing, doing conditioning, doing mini camps and training camps and all that kind of stuff, that's where your team is made. That's when your team becomes affordable. Okay? So how this, how this offseason with the new coaches' staffs, and the new players and the new free agents, whatever, it's important to see what kind of culture this team is going to be because you just don't fold the way you fold down down the stretch if you ain't got the right leadership in the locker room. That was evident. And I don't know whether that comes from player or that comes from coach, but there's no question that that was evident when they started to just basically leak oil to the finish line. Well, I, I you know, I've you've heard me say I've heard some things. And, mm-hmm. and uh, again, I'm not in the locker room, but I've said right along – We've all said, not mm-hmm. just me, you don't lose five out of six mm-hmm. if if everything is solid in the locker room. There's yeah. some issues in there that we don't know. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, my biggest thing is uh, the positive starts right now, and, mm-hmm. and this group of guys, he said it, it's going to look a little bit different. 
from a scheme standpoint, and I think it's because they took a look and they said Trayvon Walker is going to be a better player with his hand on the ground some uh, and things like that, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, so hopefully this is going to be the right decisions. And, and I think he feels that he could handle the offense and they needed somebody that could handle the defense. And this guy seems to be a type of guy that can do that. So let me ask you this. Just by from what we've heard, have we all misplayed this this offseason? Are they going to keep Cam? Are they going to keep Sheriff? Are they going to keep Jenkins? Are they just going to try and restructure these guys? Right. Because he spoke at length, he being Trent Baalke, about right. they're fine with the cap space. Yeah. They're, they're probably middle of the NFL. Cap space won't be an issue. And he said something. He said, we got a bunch of guys. I do love it. A bunch of guys. He said they want to keep the core. Yeah. want to. And, and look, I understand, like I said, you can't bash yeah. who's in the building. You just can't do it, at least right. not right now. But he did say, and I think this might have been one of Mia's questions to him about the secondary. He says, we've got to add to that group. Vets are in there, uh, but you've got to have a chance to take a good player. You can't ignore it. And so that's basically what he's trying to do is to add to now, if they feel like Antonio Johnson is replacing Rayshon Jenkins, they have to move on from Rayshon. If they think that Cisco's an emerging player and they, they need to build behind him with another secondary player, that's good. They need three cornerbacks to step in and play immediately. Here, speaking of that, I want to ask Coach about yeah. this too. Joe, you, you brought up a great point. Trent Balky also said when he was talking about value versus need, mm-hmm. he said, uh, you know, we can argue about value all you want. You take good players when they're sitting there in front of you. Correct. Yeah. That's so. I, that's, so then that's it's coaches' it's value. Too. Then it's yeah. it's value. Then is what yeah. they're and, going at. And plus, uh, it's if you've got a, a team that you feel if we do this, this, and this, we got a great chance to make a uh, to get where we want to go. You're more likely to just uh, take that four or five guys, and if you've got the grades the same. Take the one that you need to jump over the edge. Right. Okay, so let me throw this at you. Okay. All right? Yeah. Let's say there's the quarterback run. J.J. McCarthy has a great combine. He's up now. There's five quarterbacks going. There's three or four offensive linemen going. There's an edge guy going. Two edge guys going. And all of a sudden, Malik Neighbors is staring at you at net 17. Yeah, or the, what do you or the do? Brian Thomas. Uh, like what we, do you do? Yeah. I, I'm taking the best player. So you're I, taking I, Malik Neighbors in. If, and, and, unless there are three or four guys that you think are just as good as he is, then you take the one that goes into the position group that of you need. have to clear. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's so goal. let's do the 10-10 take off of this because that really – I'll say coaches taught me this, and over time I think what, what, what teams do is taught you this. Now, Joe C's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. Now, we argue about what they should do with what pick, but you can't argue with what they do with their barbecue. They know what they're doing. They make sure it's cooked slow and served up fast for you. Check out any one of your area Sonny's great proteins and great sides to go along with it. So I always use the Campo rule, I'll call it that on XL Primetime, is that you have draft grades for every player, and as they come off the board, you have to look at that next group to make sure you get Mm -hmm. the most value for the position that you are picking at. When it marries up with need, then you do both. You take value and need at the same time. And so that's when I always argue with Matt as far as where they're going to go whether that offensive line is the most important position, and let's just use the Malik neighbors as an example. And honestly, if I look at him and I say, wait a minute, my wide receiver room is full, but I can't pass up on that player because he's worth more 
on the draft board than the most important need. So that's the 10-10 take. And I want both of you guys, I'm looking at Leon and Matt on this, because well, that's, the, that's the, the part that you can't ignore. You can't take every great player. I adhere to the Campo rule. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I yeah. mean, value is what's important. All I'm saying is, if, if Malik Neighbors somehow falls there, but you've got an opportunity to improve your offensive line by getting the best guard in the draft, right. man, I don't, I don't, I just, both of them help Trevor. There's no doubt about that, all right? right. But I, I just think, and, and from what they said today, clearly they think their offensive line is, you know, once they all play together, everything will be good. Which again, they is, can't believe yeah, that. Geo with that. I don't know about that. I guess my bottom line is I adhere to the Campo rule, but I'm yeah. also a guy who thinks, you know what? You've got to get guys you need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The best wide receiver, the best guards available. The need is more prevalent in, interiorly. Mm-hmm. So you you got to take the best guard. And I, I know this. Man, man, that's tough. Listen, hey, well, that's tough. tough. Sometimes you got to make. Man. Sometimes you got to make. The, you got to make the tough <laughs> well, moves. Okay, because hey, listen, to, to your argument, yeah, you ain't never gonna get the ball to Malik Neighbors if you don't have yeah, that absolutely guy. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Well, I don't right. disagree with that either. And listen, I, I, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no. You no, got Jerry, it. Jerry, Jerry Jones a couple of years ago. He got he got he got riff. From from the media because you take a Zach Martin, how did that work out? Yeah, how, how did Pretty that good. work out? Pretty good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, yes. I I think I go along with the Trent Balky. What he said today was, yeah. if you pick the guy and he turns out to be really good, you had a heck of a pick. If yeah. he doesn't turn out, you were, it was a terrible pick. Uh, look, I I have a pecking order myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think I learned this from Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need guys that are that love the game, that are physical, that are smart, mm-hmm. and that put balls into the end zone. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great way to look at it. That's the way I, I always look at it. Now, do I think that Neighbors is going to be there at number 17? No. Yeah. So I think there's going to be four or five guys there because of the way the draft is going that they could pick any of those four guys – and they would be helping this football team. And if one of them is an interior lineman, I don't care whether or not the interior lineman go in the third, fourth, the fifth line. If he helps us win, I'm taking him, just like you said. What if Brock if Bowers is staring at you at 17? No, I'm not taking Brock because, again, I, I don't think his grades are going to be that much better than some of the tackle guys that could play guard or no no the tight end from Georgia Brock Bowers. no no I know yeah okay I'm saying I don't think his grade's going to be that much higher than the guards really than some of the interior uh, and oh, I'm including the tackles that yeah, can play guard he, you're including like Fuaga and those guys the guy, right, big yeah. guys that are right. physical that have a chance to play either one guard yeah. or tackle plus right. you'd be admitting that you blew it on Brent Strange too well right? I'd, I'd really be upset that's always when part I play. of it right. I'd really be upset when we play in the Super Bowl and block Brock Blowers is playing for the other <laughs> right. team. I'll and I'll, believe me, I'll and I'll remind you of that too. Okay. Yeah. 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 But it's funny we fall in love with skill or or, or we, yeah, we fall. Do. Yeah, we can't help it. We when we see that position player, man, we say I gotta have that guy. Uh, all right. So, now I want to ask Coach this one question yeah. before I leave. So in '92, Coach, when you had the 17 pick overall, the Steelers one had me at 11. Why well, you ain't move up and come get me? Hey. Jimmy don't do that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy don't move well, up, bro. Let me I, put it this way. Yeah. The only guy I saw him move up for was Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. So are you uh, comparing yourself uh, to Emmett? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, I am not. All right, Big Sirs, enjoy the rest of the you afternoon.
All right, he heads out. We head into the 2 o'clock hour. We got our head coach, Dave Campo, with us. We are up at the NFL Combine with everything that's going on. And, and this much we can promise you, Frank Francis' conversation with Trent Baalke, uh, the one-on-one sit-down that's coming up on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. We get into the 2 o'clock hour, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday on XL Primetime. We'll remind you, Beaver Toyota with a very first golf classic to take place Monday, March 11th. That's the Players' Championship Week. They'd love to get you involved. It's safe driving for kids, and all you got to do is go to Beaver Toyota St. Augustine. Dot com and check out everything that they've got going on. Along with BeaverChevrolet.com, you certainly know both lots chock full of great deals and great people. That's for sure. Now, we have been bouncing back and forth, just toggling between Duval and Indianapolis uh, as the NFL Combine is well underway up there. Uh, and we sat down or heard from Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke at the podium. And now we got Frank Frangie coming up uh, with Trent Baalke, so we want to make sure that you heard that. But we need to make sure you hear this as well. Uh, Mr. Chubby's wings came rolling into the studio. Uh, Will and Alyssa bringing in a pile uh, of their signature wings, and they even whipped up some special lemon peppers uh, for Leon Searcy. Now they're going to be—that's exactly right, Denmark. They're going to be sponsoring the bracket contest. They're the presenting sponsor of the March Madness Bracket Challenge on 1010XL.com. And here's what you've got: you fill out your bracket, you'll be able to have it on your phone. You'll be able to go there with your laptop. You can go whatever, but you can go hang out at Mr. Chubby's, any of their locations, and anytime you get a game right, you've got proof right there because you got your bracket. Free beer. Free beer. So March Madness, beer, beer, beer. And so, you forgot you forgot the kicker. Yeah. Luke Combs. Well, here's the kicker. So every time you get a game right with the March Madness contest, which we'll be directing you to 1010XL.com to sign up for it, you get a game right, you get a free cold beer at Mr. Chubby's. They'll have their domestic set up for you, but a free cold beer is what I like. Uh, and then beyond that, if you win that whole puppy, you win that whole bracket contest, they have set it up inside the stadium, inside Everbank, for the Luke Combs concert. Free free tickets. Free, free tickets. tickets. Lower level. Yeah, lower Quite level. And he said very close, Will said, very close to Mr. Chubby, so you can go right. in there and get you some delicious wings. So that's a great hookup, uh, but we'll be telling you about it with our March Madness contest on 1010XL.com. But thanks to Mr. Chubby's for dropping by. All right, let's hear Frank Franzi with Trent Balky. All right, welcome back to the Combine. Frank Franzi along with the general manager, Trent Balky, who just did his podium thing. How you doing? How are you? Yeah, good, Frank. That's like getting your tooth pulled without Novocaine <laughs> over there, but... Doing good. You weren't anticipating all the Harbaugh questions, huh? No. no. Yeah, well, actually, I was. Actually, <laughs> you kind of knew they were. Hey, um, tell me about the combine. Uh, you come every year. I come every year. I was telling you before you went on, it's crazy here. What do you gain? Watching players, talking to players, medical. I guess it's all of the above. But, I mean, what means the most to you when you come here? Well, that's changed over the years. You know, it's getting more and more restrictive uh, to access to players. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get short segments with guys. Uh, they're a lot more schooled up than they used to be, whether it's on the mental tests, whether it's on the interviews themselves or the physical testing. It's There's just such a process to, that these guys go through now in preparation for the for this combine that years ago they didn't. They came in, they were... They were kind of raw, right? Right. You know, now they're they're schooled in every aspect of it. So I think you get a little bit less than you used to, or quite a bit less than you used to get. But it's there's still value. Yeah, they're prepared. I get that. I get that. Now let's talk about your football team a little bit. You said something in your postseason presser in Jacksonville 
that really stood out to me. Toughness, toughness in the trenches. That that was an area, it's the first thing you identified. Yeah. Tell me about that. How, do you fix that with new players? Do you fix that with players getting older? Tell, to talk about that, because I, I agree with you. I thought that was kind of the thing. Well, there's a, there, you know, we talked about when we first took over in this organization that we had to, you know, our, our identity had to be, you know, we wanted tough-minded, physical, uh, aggressive you know, football players, smart football players, disciplined guys, and that hasn't changed. And, and we've got a good group of guys. Uh, we didn't play up to our standards. Uh, you know, we've talked about that. Coaches openly address that. And there's things that we've identified that we need to fix. Uh, you know, it's so we're going to continue to do that, and we're going to look at all aspects of, of it, play each each uh, player specifically, uh, what we're asking them to do, uh, the whole nine yards. You know, we've had some great discussions, uh, the personnel staff and the coaching staff, over the last couple of weeks just on what exactly that looks like. You know, and we, we know we need to add to the room. We know we need to get more competitive in there. Uh, but we, there's other things we can do to help the process as well. When you, you made another comment that stood out. When it's one thing to get to being competitive. The harder step is getting competitive to being a championship team. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but, but, but that's the hard one. Man. You have a good team, right? So when you're close and you're in your window, do you, do you sign more free agents? Do you try and create more cap room? Does it, is, it, is it that black and white? What do you do? Well, I think you got to look at everything. You know, we were eight and three. And, and one game away from being number one in the AFC for seeding purposes. And then we kind of lost it. You know, we went five and we lost five of our last six games. And obviously we finished one game out of the playoffs. Huge disappointment. And when you go through with something like that, you, you'd be making a huge mistake to be, jump to any conclusions too quickly. Yeah. You got to let it process. You got you to sit back and say, okay, why? It's never one thing. There, there, it's a multitude of things. And you got to assess each level of, of what, that, what that looks like. You know, and, and Coach and I and, and the staffs have had some great conversations, like I said, in terms of how are we going to address that and what it's going to look like. And for us to share that plan at this stage doesn't do us any good. But we, we know what we're doing. We know what we need to do, at least in our minds. And now we just got to go execute the plan. Let me ask you about some specifics. Obviously, you can't negotiate in the media and, let, and show your hand. I get that. But update me on at least how you feel about the Josh Allen thing. Everyone's asking the question. I know you're getting yeah. asked it all the time. But it's a big deal. It, it, how do you feel that thing's going? Well, it's ongoing. You know, anytime you're talking about the, doing a deal with a marquee player, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of factors involved. And, you know, we're to I have ongoing discussions with Joel. In fact, I'm meeting with him, his agent, here in the next couple hours just to have another Good. chat. You know, and, and there's going to be back and forth like there is in every negotiation. And you're just trying to find a common ground. And if you can reach a common ground, my, my goal is, our goal as an organization is to reach a common ground. Is that likely in the next 24 hours for you? You know, I, I don't know. I don't think either side knows at this point. But we got to work together. we got to get to the table. And that's the only way it's going to get done. The goal, I would think, for, all, for both sides, get it done before you have to involve the tag or anything else. Right? I mean, that's, it may not happen, but that, that's both sides' goal? Is that a safe guess? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're always trying to get things done sooner rather than later. Yeah. It helps us as we move forward in our planning, and our, you know, because it does affect the salary cap. Yeah. But if it doesn't get done, it's, it's not an end-all either. 
Uh, we, we're going to work diligently with them to try to get something done and, and hopefully get it done as qu- sooner rather than later. How do you feel, Trent, about Calvin Ridley and trying to keep him, if at all possible? Obviously, there's a lot. We all know that we all know the possibilities. The second, the third, we've all we've been through that. But how do you feel about? where you are there well we like Calvin obviously and and Calvin and I sat down in my office uh, two three days ago okay. he came in and we just had a heart to heart you know and, and love Calvin you know and, and he's so passionate about the game of football and Trevor and, and him are, we're starting to build a little bit of synergy as the season went on and it's only going to get better as we move forward so we're going to do what we can in that area as well you've got a lot of good players that are under contract but that are they cost a lot of money. <laughs> they do. Cam Robinson costs a lot of money. Rayshon costs money. They're good players. Uh, and you've been through this a thousand times. But how do you deal with that in your mind? You don't want to let go of a good player. you, you got to create the dollars, right? Take me through the process. Well, it's, it's tough because you, you, get, you get attached to these players as well. You know, and so you got to put the emotional side away because they give so much to the organization. You know, every one of these guys gives, gives everything they have to, to – hopefully winning a championship and there's sometimes when you know you can't please them all financially it's impossible you know you got young guys coming in that eventually are going to need contracts like trevor and tyson and andre and all these guys walk you know you got a group of guys that are ascending and then you got to get a group that's that's there and making it and you can't make them all happy financially there's a cap and the cap is real now you can push some money and do some things but at some point you got to make tough decisions and I think that's where we're at with this offseason. There's going to be some tough decisions that have to be made. When does that happen? When, when do you, I mean, obviously we know when the league year starts, but I mean, in your mind, is it now? Do you go right up to the league year starting as a GM? What's the timetable? You try to, if you are going to move on from a player, you try to be upfront and honest with them. And, okay. you know, you don't hold them to the, to the, barrel, the barrel of their head. Yeah. You know, you, you just can't do that. You got to be forth, forthright with them. Uh, and, and that's how we're going to operate. You know, we're going to we've got some decisions that we're going to need to make. We're we're talking through this week to, to see where things shake up with some of these discussions. Uh, but then we're going to have to make decisions. So it'll be within the next week or so. We're going to have to those, those plans will be unveiled to the public. Uh, you talked a little bit about after Ryan Nils got hired about a scheme change. And Doug said, listen, there may be a scheme change, but in this day and age, it's not that dramatic. It'll look different, he said. Is there going to be a scheme change defensively? Did you want that? Well, I think what Coach said, I mean, so much of what we play in this world nowadays is, is four-man front, four-man surfaces yeah. and, and nickel coverage. Yeah, 70% nickel of the time, dime, probably, you yeah. know, So 70 75% of the time you're in that anyway. So regardless if you build out of a 30 package, you know, from a personnel perspective yeah. or out of a 40, the bottom line is you're playing the same stuff 75% of the time, 70, 75% of the time. So, you know, it's going to look a little bit different, but the the, the overriding uh, from a personnel perspective isn't going to change very much on what we're, type of players we're looking for. Offensively, how did you think Luke Fortner played? How did the interior of your line play? Are you still confident in a lot of that group? Yeah, there's there's confidence, but we got to get better. You know, and and you know we all have to own what we have to own in this you know we didn't run the ball well enough you know and, and you know like i said earlier you're trying to make these rooms as competitive as possible luke started every every game since he's been a rookie you know so there's a lot of experience at that position that he has 
There's things that he has to do better. There's things that all of us have to do better. And uh, we've been very honest and forthright with players, with ourselves, on what that looks like. You know, so again, it comes back to competition. How competitive can we make those rooms so that everybody has to take one step forward or two steps forward? Nobody's going to be allowed to stay stay the same. Status quo doesn't work because it wasn't good enough. We finished nine and eight. We were out of the playoffs. So something's got to give, and we got to get better. And we all know that. I thought Trayvon took a nice step. Did you think that? Tell me, what did you think? Yeah, I think Trayvon's progress, his development is what we expected it to be. You know, we knew what we were getting when we drafted him with the first pick overall two years ago. You know, he hadn't played a lot of football. He hadn't done a lot of the things that we were going to ask him to do at at the NFL level, especially on his feet, playing in space, setting edges from the two point. You know, he played a lot of four technique in in college. So there was going to be a developmental curve for him. And I think you saw it from year one to year two. I think you're going to see it even more from year two to year three. Is he a better player with his hand on the ground? I'm over. I just I'm overly simplifying it, I suppose. But is he? Well, he's such a talented player. What he allows you to do is look for matchups. Yeah. Right. And I think you'll see that more. And again, I'm not the coach. I don't scheme. Yeah. But I think you're going to see him move around the, the, the formations a little more and uh, try to look for matchups a little bit more aggressively. But I don't know that. You know, I, I just envision that that's the direction we're headed with him. Final thing or two. It's hard, it's hard being a GM. It's hard. <laughs> you, you win, you're the greatest. You lose, same with the coach. You lose, everyone's mad at you. Well, it's hard being a fan. Yeah, it's you know, hard being it, a fan, isn't it? It is, because you don't have as much control yeah. as you want over the situation, and I understand that. You know, we've got a great fan base, Frank, and, and you know, I appreciate their passion. You know, so when they lash out at me for the for decisions that are made or, or the record, I get it, you know, and, and I wouldn't want it any other way. It's the, it's, the, it's the job we do, you know, we live with and the responsibility we bear. So I'm good with all that. I get it. I appreciate that, and I, and I do appreciate that. Final thing, where's your roster in terms of where it needs to be to be a championship team? How far? We're, we're not there. We're not where we need to be, but we're getting closer. You know, and this offseason is an important offseason. You know, I felt we would, you know, when we took this thing over, I felt like year two we could push for a playoff spot. We did that. I wasn't expecting the, the, and I don't think any of us were expecting us to fall back, but we did. And I think if we use it the right way constructively and we really look at why, the whys of, you know, how we ended up at nine and eight and one game out of the, we're going to be a better organization for it. And I look forward to being a part of that. Trent Balky, the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was great stuff. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Frank. Back. All right, so the general manager with Frank Frangie, play-by-play voice, all of it happening up in Indianapolis. And uh, you'll hear Doug Peterson coming up in just a little bit. Quick thought, Coach? I, I think that, that he may be right when he says that uh, adversity brings out the best in you. And I think that, that you find out what you did wrong, you got a chance to build. Ronnie? So I, I also think from what Doug Peterson earlier said at the podium where he, the defense will quote-unquote look different, and now – you know, Frank asked Trent Baalke about the, about Trayvon Walker. You know, does he look better with his hand on the ground? And, you know, he said, I, I'm not a coach, you know, which he always prefaces, I'm not a coach. Um, but it, I think you'll see more of that this year. I think they're going to – they will 
they will be more of a 4-3 base than yeah. a 3-4 base. Definitely with two guys named Allen and Walker with hands on the ground. They'll have multiple yeah. fronts, but I yeah. think it'll be more 4-3 than you think. All right, so we'll expand on that conversation that those two had. Plenty more coming from the NFL Combine up in Indianapolis. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota bringing you today's show. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. All right, a couple minutes before we get ready for Frank sitting down with Doug Peterson. All of this happening up at the NFL Combine. Uh, definitely a lot going on up there and definitely uh, good stuff as far as Trent's still the leader of this football team, okay? He's still the general manager. And as much as I like and many others like to take swipes, and I still will, not like I'm going to stop. Uh, at the same time, uh, he's charged with building this football team's roster. Doug Peterson's charged with winning this football team, uh, winning this uh, franchise a bunch of games. It's, it is as simple as that. So, a quick takeaway, coach, before we get ready for uh, Doug Peterson, uh, as far as what you what you heard from Trent and overall what you think. Well, I really think that you know that that they're not first. They're not going to divulge a lot, but mm-hmm. they've actually said more, as we said earlier, than than I would have expected from right. this from this meeting. I, first of all, I think they have a plan. Whether it's the right plan or not, we'll find out. Right. But I think they know what the direction they're going. I think they knew what direction they were going when they hired Nielsen. You know that that uh, they were going to try to find the best spots for every player on the ball club. I think they do want to restructure some guys to, mm-hmm. to keep the best guys in the building. Uh, they'll make a decision on that based also what's out there in the draft, what's out there in free agency. I, I really think that they've got a plan, and I think they're going to use it. And, Matt, you said that you thought that the salary cap isn't nearly as daunting. At least that's the way Balky That's the way it he sound. made it. Me made it think that's, you know, it's not as daunting as everyone thinks it is. That's number one. And number two, the thing I – that stands out to me, and I'll say it again. They're sticking with Cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, because they are, they, Cam is on that roster. Yeah, he said, "I don't know where the amb- ambiguity came from, but right. I expect Cam back." Yeah, <clears throat> that says to me that they have faith in him as the most important and sturdy player at that tackle position. Versus, and this, you know what this does? This puts a question mark next to Walker Little's name. Oh yeah. A major as, question mark. You're talking about extending him? Yeah, yeah. It's that yeah second because, contract definitely. Yeah, because now you're taking the more expensive route. Your sign, your which you almost never do, right? Right, because most people have said, okay, off that cash, off your salary cap, the balance sheet looks a whole hell of a lot better. Right, futures Walker Little, so on and so forth, and it does appear, at least right now, that that may not be the the belief that they have. Right or wrong, they seem to me to think that everything that on this ball club is fixable. Yeah, that they have yeah, a chance to do something in the playoffs. Uh, if they make the right decisions and the right moves now. I do love how you phrased it, right or wrong. Because, right. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that's yeah, a big but it's jump. It's always a decision. I it's mean, a big jump to make. Yeah. And, and they've, they've 100% got to prove that they can turn a corner in physicality and efficiency, right. making sure that they can convert a third and one, making sure they can score when they get down the red zone, and they can eliminate mistakes because we all agree. Far too many of those, that's for sure. All right, so let's get ready. Uh, Frank Franzi with Doug Peterson coming up here in just a minute on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. XL Primetime, thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. Beautiful rides on both lots. We're talking SUVs, pickups, beautiful sedans, pre-owns, economy. 
Whatever you might be looking for, you can find it on either lot, beavertoyotasanaugustine.com or beaverchevrolet.com. Joe C., Matty Hayes, along with Coach Campo. we got our Campo and Joe podcast coming up in just a little bit. You've got Frank Frangi, Hayes Carline. They are holed up up there with the Frangi Show, along with our Mia O'Brien up in Indianapolis. And Mia and Hayes and a handful of other Jacksonville media uh, catching up with Doug after he stepped from the podium earlier. So we will make sure you hear this. This is uh, this is at the very least talking about the offensive line, talking about Press play Taylor, calling, yeah. play calling and all that. So let's roll it with their a visit with the head coach. What's your confidence level in Press right now? It's high. It really is high. I mean, you look, okay, we were a top 10 passing offense. Okay? Press call plays. Now, we were a bottom third or three teams running the football. Press call plays. Um, we had a lot of injuries. Okay? We, we, our left side of our offensive line, there was inconsistency there. You know, we lost Christian, we lost Zay. Um, you know, like I said, Cam, all that kind of stuff. So some of that is not the play caller. Some of that is just by circumstance. Okay? So um, are there things we need to address and fix? Yes, there are. And, and we've done that already this offseason, the last six, seven weeks being in the building. Um, do we have to get better? Yes, we do. Coaches have to. It starts with us. Um, listen, it starts with me, and it starts with the coordinators, and then it trickles down. So my um, my confidence is high. You know, there's still a lot of collaboration with he and I uh, in-game, off-season. And, 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 again, we've got to make sure that we're putting our players, right? It's all about the players, and we got to make sure that they're in the best position to go execute. If that means scale back, let's scale back. Let's not have a big volume of stuff. And and um, uh, and that to me, that's where it starts. Doug, you're at 2018. You're established yourself as maybe the best play caller in the game when you win a Super Bowl. Is it doesn't matter how good press is at it? Is this organization better off with you doing it in terms of success? No, I think those are things that that I need to you know uh, consider. You know, uh, this off season, this spring. Um, you know, there were things out of my control that I had to deal with more, you know, in the last last year. Um, it takes you away from, from some of that stuff, and I'm not going to get into those. But, you know, so, yeah, it's something that I have to, as part of the evaluation process, and I have to evaluate, you know, myself and, and impress as, as decision makers and play callers and, and see what's best for our team. So much talk about Trevor's uh, turnovers. How do you coach that? You mentioned Every season, it's got to improve. It, 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 yeah, it has to. I mean, he can't, he can't keep, you know, and he knows it, right? He knows it. He can't keep turning the ball over, and we got to protect it, and and, and we will, and, and we can, we can talk about it. There's a lot of things we can, um, you know, communicate with him, and, and you, you just got to keep going back and showing him the reasons why. This is why you made this decision. This is why the ball came out of your hand. This is why, and, and show him the whys, and, and you know, educate him. Right, and uh, um, and he'll he'll embrace that, and he'll get better, and, and look forward to doing that. Sorry to harp on this, but uh, did, does that mean you haven't decided whether you are going to call plays or Press will call plays in the fall? Yeah, I mean, those are again, I haven't decided, but those are all ongoing conversations that um, you know, Press and I will have, and and um, you know, go from there. Does Nielsen give you more confidence that you can sort of turn more of the defense? over to him and get more involved in the offense if he chooses to as head coach? I, it's, 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 
you're hoping that that happens, right? You know, you don't know. So I've never worked with Ryan, so you know. But but I think all indications would be um, that that's a, a possibility to be able to do that. Um, you know, and, and when you're a head coach and call in plays too, it, it it pulls you away from you know some of the in-game decisions. You know, uh, where you might see something a little more clearly, like. I mean, last year, I, I was seeing the game differently, you know. I've been able to manage the game differently. Um, and so it, it does affect you. It affects you in a positive way, you know, when, when, you're, when, when something is removed. But at the same time, you still want your hand on it, right? And, and you still want to make those decisions. You referenced that left side of the line multiple times. Do you expect Cam to be back this year? I hope so. You know, as an organization, I mean, he's under contract. And, and I, I just think that, you know, Cam brings an edge. Cam brings uh, some physicality, you know, to the offensive line. He has to. He's, an, he's like Trevor. I mean, he understands that, hey, his his role is to, to help this team win. And and can't, can't put the team, can't put the players, can't put us in situations that he did last year. Now, the injury is out of, you know, anybody's control, but talking about the suspension, right? And, and um, it's about being a pro. And, and listen, these are conversations that – um, Cam, we know he's had, we've had, you know, um, and, you know, I definitely like having him on the team. Uh, he, he's fun to be around, brings a lot of energy out there, um, and he makes us better. How do you find edge and physicality? It, it seems like a mantra coming out of the season is you need more of it. It's hard, I think, in today's game because you, you don't put the pads on in the spring, right? You only have certain things you do in training camp and all that but it's a mindset and you got to just keep talking about it every single day you got to put your players in those positions every single day in camp and and you know um you just got to drill it and i think that's the only way to really um you know focus on creating an edge and creating that physicality uh, that you want what is uh, we got time for like two more guys what does fortner have to improve on going into year three in your opinion Here's the thing, you know, with Luke, and, you know, he's, he's, he's started the last two years for us, a lot of games, and if not all of them. And, um, um, you know, there's, there's strengths and weaknesses that every player has to, has to work on, and I'm not, not going to get into what we have to work on with him specifically because I think that's, a, um, that's a, just a one-on-one conversation with, with player and coach. But, but he knows where he needs to get to. We know where we want him to get to, and it's our job to help him get there. And, and so that's, that's in our power to do that, and that's what we're going to do and focus on this spring and, and make sure that, uh, um, you know, he takes a step in that direction. And Doug, Trent talked about the team's identity, I guess a lack thereof down the stretch. Um, what do you sort of make of that? How do you get back to the identity? What is that identity? Uh, well, I, I, as far as what it is, I think it's too early to tell because we haven't gone through the draft and free agency and – you know, we don't know who's coming back, and you know, so it's still early to really find that out. Um, you know, what Ryan has said, and, and, I, and I and I agree. I mean, you want to be attack style, you want to be aggressive, we want to be physical, right? We want to be smart, we want to be a, a well-conditioned football team. Those are all part of our identity, right? And then, and then, when it comes to offense and defense, it's you know how we use our players, you know. Um, do we want to get back to running the ball like we did in 22 a little bit? Yeah, we need to, right? And, and that's part of the identity. That's part of being physical up front. That's part of the receivers going into blocking. That's that's the quarterback putting us in better plays. It's 
it's, it's us calling better plays, you know, and, and that's all part of the identity. Um, but I think overall, um, being a attack style, you want to be aggressive, you want to be smart, a well-conditioned football team are all signs that you, you've got a identity that you want. And last thing, Trent also talked about the onboarding process, and, and there was he didn't get into specifics necessarily, but there was a, there was an issue with the onboarding of players. Maybe you guys need to do a different, a better job. What do you make of that? What what is that sort of scenario situation? Yeah, I think I think the onboarding for us is is how we handle our young players, uh, particularly our draft picks and our undrafted guys. You know, new to the roster. Um, how well we kind of catch them up to speed and indoctrinate them, um, you know, in, in, in what we're trying to get done. And, you know, there's things that we're going to put in place this spring and, and um, you know, just make sure that, you know, that they're ready to play football. They may not be ready to help us in September, but they may be ready in, like, October, November, December. And that's that's the ultimate goal, you know, and making sure that these guys um, are prepared to do that. All right, so there you go. Uh, Doug Peterson with the uh, throng of media, including Army O'Brien, R. Hayes Carline, and there'll be plenty more coming out of Indianapolis, including Frank sit down with Doug Peterson. A uh, quick thought, Matt, just as far as what he I said. Mean, I, I don't think there's any question. Doug Peterson's calling plays. Yeah. And and I, I will say this. If you're if you're out on the limb right now and your time's running out unless something happens, you better believe you're calling plays. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's you make it work or you go it's away. It's you or you're gone. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. I think he's doing the same thing on defense. I think he's going to turn it over to the guy. He's going to trust it, and I'm going to take care of the offense. And we're going to we're going to run the ball, and we're going to be effective, and we're not going to turn the ball over. And he's going to be aggressive, and we're going to let it. You were, and he flat you were, out. You were he would you were saying that he you think he spent too much time with the defense, right? Yes. Oh yeah. 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 I think he was trying to oversee what was going on over there. And that's why he made the decision to make the change. Yeah. He didn't like what's going on and he figured it out. Unfortunately, he figured it out too late because he probably could have done something after number eight and four instead of eight, nine and eight. Right. You know, I mean, he just, he just, that's when he went over there. And then that, then it went south on both sides. Uh, yeah, it's the classic favorite. case. You can't have your eye on one thing if you have to have your eye on everything. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly and that's right. basically what it boiled down to. All right, we're going to say hello to the Francis Show. He will have the full conversation. Frank, sit down with Doug Peterson coming up in just a bit on the Francis Show. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Up to Indianapolis we go with Hayes Carline, the embedded and shredded, and uh, he was certainly embedded and trying to shred that Press Taylor offensive play caller uh, <laughs> question today. Hayes, how are you, man? I'm doing great. So good to uh, talk with you guys. And, yeah, we've had a, uh, a great time here at the Combine. Uh, day one, uh, a lot of great work done. And, uh, yeah, it's been great getting a chance to – Hear from Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke on multiple fronts about uh, numerous issues. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I think you have a pretty good idea of uh, where the plan's going. Okay, so would you shred the idea that Press Taylor's the play caller uh, in 2024? I, I, th- I think Doug's conflicted. I, mm-hmm. I think it probably will remain status quo. Title um, alone? But, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I – think where Doug is with it, and, and his comment was, I sort of want to wait until April mm-hmm. or May to, to really make a determination. Uh, 
Doug likes not doing it during the game. I mean, he feels like he's got a better pulse of the game uh, from a, a you know a macro standpoint. I think he he feels like he sees it from a, a, a better angle as the head coach when he's not calling plays. But here's the thing, and it's a fact that I think Doug Peterson knows. He's better at it than Press Taylor, and that's <laughs> not a knock on Press Taylor. Doug Peterson is an elite play caller at the NFL level. He has shown that. And so I think there's some conflict with Doug that he still kind of has to work out over, you know, do I, do I call the plays, but, but doing so realizing that I feel like I'm not as good a game day head coach when I do that. Is that more beneficial for us, or is it for me to delegate that again and, uh, and, and be able to be more effective in those 60 minutes of uh, game time. So, I mean, it's it's going to be, I think, fascinating to see, you know, how Doug wrestles with it. And, and Ryan Nielsen, I think, plays a part in this too. Yeah. I, I think Doug feels like he'll get to a point where he'll trust Ryan Nielsen enough to, to hand the keys to the defense totally over to him. But he made a good point when he was asked about that uh, earlier. He said, look, I, I, I haven't worked with Ryan. So it, it's hard for me just to say I'm going to be able to, you know, turn the keys over to him and – not have to really worry about the defense. He's like, he's like, I hope that we get to that point. But, you know, this isn't somebody that I've worked with, which, you know, is, is again, a, a good point in all of this. So I think it's a puzzle that is still very much coming together in terms of how actually roles are going to be defined with the uh, when it comes to the offensive play calling. All right, so you guys will have plenty more coming from up there. Absolutely. Frank uh, had a one-on-one interview with both Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke, so we'll look forward to playing that. Uh, and uh, he also talked with uh, Mike Keith, the Titans play-by-play guy, so we'll get a little behind enemy lines uh, as well. And uh, overall, just our thoughts. A lot of, obviously, most of the coaches, GM speak today. Uh, so we got to hear from Andy Reid, D'Amico Ryans, Howie Roseman, John Lynch. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you, you certainly are – uh, seeing trends develop, and uh, we'll talk about some of the, the trends overall in the league that sort of carried the day from a national standpoint here day one at the Combine. All right, brother man, sounds good. We will be listening. All right, thank you. All right, hey, Skyline, Frank Frangie up there, and there'll be plenty more coming on the social channels uh, on 1010XL with Mia and everything else that's happening there. we got a Campo and Joe podcast that we're yeah. going to fire up at the top of the hour, so Facebook Live, get ready for that. Or look for us wherever you do your podcast, Maddie. Uh, you know, honestly, before we go, uh, I do think what Hayes said is true. He's conflicted, but uh, he, if he does not have to worry about the defense, and and basically he makes his hay on play calling. That's why he is a successful head coach. He needs to make sure that that's what he's doing yeah, when it comes time to the I most, think most crucial part is game time. He also said in what we just played earlier that. It's obvious he was also calling plays this year. It wasn't just Press Taylor. Right. So I, I think it's – he'd be a lot more comfortable if there's no injuries, if the quarterback's playing well, if the receivers are healthy mm-hmm. and getting open and running the right routes. Then he's much happier giving Press, press Taylor with the play yeah. calling. Yeah. But not all that happened. <laughs> no, 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 that's for sure. All right, we are done. <laughs> we uh, appreciate everybody hanging out with us. you got the Francis Show with a lot to look forward to coming up. Uh, Denmark, good job as always. Joe C., Coach Campo, Matty Hayes, and Big Sars. We'll talk to you manana.